Yeah, he had this big beard and hair. Now he's bald and has a 90s dad stash, which is the nice way of saying it. Yeah, rather than creeper stash? Yep. It's <laughs> a joke you can edit it out. <laughs> Ever since I was a small boy, I've been obsessed with movies, books, and music. But as I grow older, I've begun to realize that these things increasingly miss the mark of fulfilling who we are meant to be. But they seem to have a common theme. They point us to a greater story, a greater adventure, a greater love, a greater joy. On this show, we dive into some of our favorite themes in songs, books, and movies so that we can begin the discussion of what our fascination with these stories actually reveal. A desire for something more. A desire for the unknown. A desire for love. A desire for God. Welcome to the adventure. Let's get started. Welcome back to the Christ and Culture. This is Gordon. And this is Steve. And it is good to be back. Um, even though we actually haven't left a room. So, as usual, we're kind of recording on the same day. We just took a small breather so Steve could eat two slices of, what kind of bread is it? Ezekiel bread. Ezekiel bread. Flourless bread. It is It is made using scripture. Made by Ezekiel. I think it is yeah, Ezekiel 4.9. Yeah. I think it's on the packaging, isn't it? It is, uh, but I'm going to pull it up on my Laudate app. (laughs) Laudate. Laudate app. Sorry, I couldn't speak for a minute. Everyone should say it that way. Laudate. No, Laudate. Laudate. Because we're in Texas. (laughs) Erverderch. What are we doing? Ezekiel (laughs) 4.9. Ezekiel 4.9. Just add water. Ziggo 4-9. Then they down on... Oh, I was 4-4. I was really confused. Okay. Then take wheat and barley, beans and lentils, millet and spelt, put them into a single pot, and make them into bread. Eat it for as many days as you lie upon your side. 390 days. So it's basically... They were like, hey, God mentioned how to make some... Some bread. bread so let's make bread like this. Um, yeah, I've been eating bread today. Mm-hmm. Um... So, yeah, I was talking about some really good tacos I had today, and <laughs> I saw his face change because he was just making bread, and he was like, "This sounds really good." Yeah, but oh well, it's all important. Yeah, um, no, it's good stuff. Uh, for those of you who are checking out, I don't want to talk about it because um, it's scriptural to not talk about it. But I will say that if you're a man, um, you should check out e5men.org. Mm-hmm. It's about, it's like this fasting uh, for essentially your future. So it's for all sorts of men in all walks of life. So um, for those of us that are single and thinking we might get married, it's for our future spouses, our girlfriends. Um, If you're married for your spouse, if you're not going to be married for your sister or your mother or or some other female in your life, um, could be victims of human trafficking, women you've objectified in the past. Right. Um, but you can offer up this day of fasting on behalf of these women. Yeah, it's really cool. That's um, it's really awesome. I haven't checked it out yet. He sent yeah. it to me, but so it looks really um, dope. Just, um, I know so. it's only been five minutes, <clears throat> ten minutes tops since we last recorded, talked. 
but uh, I don't know. It, it was it was probably a good 10, 15 minutes because I had to cook the bread yeah, yeah, and yeah. eat it because Ezekiel bread comes frozen, so I had to like <laughs> warm it up. But yeah, even it's probably like fifteen minutes, but that's still short. There's nothing you've read or watched since then. No. So what's what's something that's good that happened in the last week? Or I mean, it's been like two or three weeks since I've seen you, but still, like, what's something good recently? What stands out? Yeah. Um, somebody once told me that I have a good voice for podcasts, so that was like recently. Cool. Yeah. Nice. Um, which I thought was which was really really nice. Did they know you had a say. podcast, or they just say they that did. randomly? They oh, okay. Did. I think they've heard the podcast. That'd just be funny if like you're meeting someone, you're like, you know what, you have a good voice for a podcast. It's be like, well, it's funny you say so because we have these new fancy business cards that you can't see on the other side of the uh, earbuds or whatever you're listening to, uh, radio maybe. Um, but yeah, we have these really fancy new podcast uh, business cards. We can hand them out to people and say, please validate us <laughs> and our work. So, cool. What about you? What has been good in your life, man? I went home to Georgia last week, mm. which um, that's always like a mix of both. Not bad, but like it is every time I've been going home lately since I moved to Houston from Georgia, people that don't know from Georgia, um, it like just validates that like Houston's more of my home. So yeah. I definitely just visited, but I took Lizzie with me. And so she met my family and my parents, and that was just like a ton of fun. I got my whole family to play D&D like siblings mom and significant others and it was ridiculous um, I also took Lizzie to see Stone Mountain oh. which anyone that has not been to Stone Mountain or knows anyone, anyone from Houston or outside of Georgia Stone Mountain is this giant granite rock the size of a mountain that you can climb and then at night I think seven days a week we shoot lasers at and play music and it tells this story that is non-cohesive and is really not a story just a bunch of like small stories about how the south is awesome so for those of you who are home thinking about the shooting lasers at this rock it's not like these like laser beams <laughs> like it's like a laser light show yes and they're not like trying to carve into this rock no, like, no, 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 no. yeah but um, it is the most ridiculous thing and you leave confused and it's phenomenal they, they still just... do they still have the Carving? The carving on yeah. it? Yeah. Okay, because I know they were trying to take that down during the yeah, whole that's never gonna anti-Confederacy happen. thing. Yeah, so there's three Confederate soldiers um, carved into the side, which is like another fun tidbit about going just to see Stone Mountain. But it, it's, it's really cool. It's a really lovely park. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that laser show and like the whole idea of the park is just ridiculous. And it's, you got to take all your out-of-state friends whenever I go because they're like, what? is going on yeah why are you also in to this but no it's it's a cool place i used to live out that way yeah um back in middle school and then last week i think we were talking about media you talked about how you started watching tv again yeah uh i did so i decided to get on my um so i have i'm like a big spender um so i have both netflix and hulu um because you can do a thing now where you can get like Spotify and Hulu for like twelve ninety nine. Are they the same company? They have a deal at the very least. It's clever. Um, and so through Spotify, you can go on their thing. If you pay, you pay basically to Spotify twelve ninety nine a month, and you get Hulu service free. Hmm. Or you get both package deal. 
So it's a little bit more than both of them individually, but much less than both of them separately. Is there anything good on Hulu? Um, I mean, they have shows on it. <laughs> yeah. In movies. Yeah. <laughs> um, some things you can watch. I mean, like... I just don't even check There are out. some shows that, like, you can't get on Netflix that are on there. Yeah, I was just... I, I think my dad used to have Hulu, and I checked it out. I just wasn't sure if there was, like, anything you've been watching on Hulu, or... Yeah. Is that... Uh, that's actually where I've been watching the show that we're going to talk about today. Okay. And he didn't even know Do this, I, so no. this was, like, a great segue. No, my face like, was just, like... I knew what we were about to talk about, but I didn't, I really... I thought it was on Netflix for some reason. Yeah, and he just, like, the look on his face, because... It sounded like he was trying to just get me to shut up and say what we were going to say, but... Um, no, I was trying but to... But he actually was, like, trying to learn more. Literally just kind of, like, yeah, provoke um, conversation. But good segue that I ruined. The show that I've been watching is the show The Last Man on Earth. Uh, my friend Sam, uh, shout out to her if she's listening. Probably not. She's <laughs> being honest. Shout out to Sam, because uh, she... We were talking about some shows that we liked. Yeah. We were just talking about shows, and so... She really liked the show How I Met Your Mother. Phenomenal. A great show. Um, and then she really liked the show Community, which is one of my all-time favorite shows, yeah. which has a small but like very close following. Um, six seasons, hashtag six seasons in a movie. Wait <laughs> on that movie. Uh, Dan Harmon. So <laughs> anyway, great, great thing. And so we kind of, she was talking about some shows that she liked that I hadn't heard of, one of which was The Last Man on Earth. Uh, and she prefaced by saying it's kind of a bad show sometimes. Like, some of the content... Is, like, inappropriate? It's, like, yeah, kind of, oh, like, okay. sometimes it's raunchy. Like, especially the first couple episodes and seasons, like, things are really just sort of, like, raunchy. Gotcha. Um, but character development's, like, really big in the show, apparently. And apparently it's a really good show, but the main character, Phil, is, or thought he was, the last man on earth and i don't want to spoil too much but we're going to spoil a little bit well it's what we're in what's how many seasons are there now four and you've seen how many episodes like five i think it's okay to spoil what you've seen so far good deal yeah <laughs> um so just forewarning you guys if you're going to watch a show we're just going to spoil five episodes it's four <laughs> seasons most. long yeah it'll be fine yeah and so the very first episode he's doing also like I actually think the first episode was really interesting, and I was like, man, I gotta do a podcast on this. Because here's this guy who is driving around the country trying to find people, and he finds no one. Does it let you know that anything's happened in the world, or does it just start that way? It just, yeah, it just kind of starts that, like, everyone's dead. Okay. You don't know why they're dead, Okay. but everyone's dead. Yeah. Um, and apparently nowhere to be seen. Right. Like, it's like they evaporated. Right. Because there's not, like, dead bodies everywhere. Right, right. It's and he's, like, like, the only guy. It's not, that, like, The Walking Dead. Yeah. Like, yeah. it's, like, everything's very crisp and pristine. Like, it's like the rapture, you know? Um, not even, like, car wrecks or anything? Yeah. Like, it's just, like, <laughs> there's just no cars on the road. Like, it's just everyone. All right. Is, okay. Yeah, like, interesting. Interesting. But it takes place, like, two years, like, a year, two years after. He's driving around. He's trying to find people. It's not working. Um, and he goes back, and essentially the, the show really starts about two years since he's talked to, like, anyone. Got it. And it's really interesting because he is this guy, and he's kind of like, no one's around. So then he just goes, and he steals, like, all of the art around the country, like like Van Gogh paintings. Like, his, his like, he, like, breaks into this, like, really big mansion in Tucson, and he basically sets up shop in this mansion with, like, all of the nicest stuff because... He's like the oval, like the Oval Office, like That's the rug, in his in his thing, 
And it's just because he's right. like no one else is around. And I think it's this really interesting concept of what happens if you're the last man. Yeah. No, I was Earth. just thinking that. Like, you think there's no one around. Accountability mm-hmm. or even like, mm-hmm. are we just following laws and stuff because it's moral yeah. or because there's punishment there's like yeah there's like consequences yeah and i think it's interesting because he ends up praying god sends somebody like particularly a woman but just somebody you know and his prayer kind of sucks but <laughs> but god doesn't think so yeah but but he's 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 trying you know and, and so what ends up happening as he goes in like this depression he's about to kill himself um the very first episode it's like the pilot and then he sees a smoke signal he like goes and like finds this woman named Carol. Speaking of The Walking Dead, but anyway, I think that's the first topic I want to talk about is okay. this idea of being alone and how much that ruins your psyche, right? Because this guy at first, like he's sad, but like you know, he has he buys all this nice stuff. Like sure, he's not living necessarily a moral life, but everything's like really nice and like pristine, and then. He basically gives up on everything, and everything's just a mess after he realizes that there's no one around, like no one's coming. And um, he kind of gets angry at God because he prays, and then God doesn't answer his prayer, right? And so there's that sense of waiting and being perseverant. And so like he basically just gives up. And, and you see, because it's funny, because in the very beginning of that show, he's like watching uh, Castaway. Oh, nice. And he's like, this is ridiculous. You would never, like, who, no one would ever talk to a volleyball. Like, I don't care what you say, Tom Hanks. Like, no one's going to talk to a volleyball. And by, like, the end of the episode, he has, like, a bunch of balls that he, like, talks to. Like, they're his only friends. And so, like, when he's going to kill himself, he's like, look, you guys have been my best friends, but you're not real people, you know? Well, the funniest part about what you just said, too, is that even before those balls existed, he was talking to Tom Hanks mm-hmm. in that scene. Like, he's yeah. already, like... Hip, like being a hypocrite in that moment of like Tom Hanks no one no one talks to themselves yeah as he's talking to himself mm-hmm. so I want to talk to you about that like what is the importance of community yeah in our lives like why is it that others are such a fundamental part of being human like why would it be terrible <laughs> to be the last man on earth and why would it take such a toll on your psyche uh, I think there's a ton of ways we can answer that the media thing that came to mind is that you know god doesn't need us mm-hmm. he doesn't need us for him and everything else to like work or anything else to happen but he created us and he created us because he loves us and because he wants to be with us and you know after the fall and then like jesus and then the crucifixion for salvation and all this stuff to now we're like here and now type thing he uses us like the stuff that he does, the you know miracles, he can do that on his own. God can just reveal himself, but he uses us, even in minor things, to like talk to people. Mm-hmm. And so I think when you're the last man on earth, or like when you're in a community, there's this way of like when I'm with you, I can experience Jesus and God through you. Like that's what like evangelizing and like loving is is just like showing the love of God to someone else. So when you're with other people, you experience God. And you also get to show God to other people. When you're alone, it's not like you're not experiencing God. But since we're humans who like physical touch senses, our senses, it's harder. You know, it's uh, 
what's the passage who goes isaiah who goes up and like here's the whisper elijah elijah right where like he sees all this crazy stuff and he's like that's not god and then he hears god's whisper and i think for most of us sometimes finding that whisper even in our silence is hard that's like kind of what i think is like this lack of like yeah physical experience of god through others right yeah and i think that's important too what were you thinking well because when you think about it like we're made to be in union yeah because 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 in all honesty you're right god doesn't need us no like at all right but he created us to share in his divine life yes right like that's super basic right and we're created specifically to share in god's divine life and god's divine life by his nature is community he is a we have a we have we have the trinity we have a triune god right that he is Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, right? All in this, right? Three persons, one Godhead, right? And it's this communal peace. Mm-hmm. And we're made to participate in that. And so by extension of being in his image and likeness and being made for divine life, we are made for community. Well, I always thought there's like that saying, or there's that, you know, well, not saying, I think it's scriptural, but anyways, right. there's, you know, we're two and more are gathered in my name. There's, you know, the church. And I've always, you know, I've always questioned, like, why why can't it just be me? Like, not that I don't want more, but, like, why can't I also just... But, you know, boy, that always sounds just, like, prayer. Mm-hmm. And so I, th- I think that's, like, another thing going into community is when Jesus came, like, he was forming the church mm-hmm. to send us out and to... Like, we were created to be in partnership with his divine mm-hmm. divinity. And I think that comes to us being in communion with each other to worship Right. And I think that there's a sense of, um, like, he goes away to send us the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Right? But we know fully well that we may see the face of Christ in others and be the face of Christ to others. Mm -hmm. And I think when he's saying, when two or more are gathered in my name, I'm with you in your midst, meaning that there's this serving of one another that's happening when you're together in Jesus' name. Like, there's that love that's being shared, and there's the face of Christ in that. Like, one of them is acting as Christ in that moment. And so he's in the midst in that act. I think that's kind of... Yeah. Yeah. Does yeah. that make sense? That makes sense. It makes sense in my head. Yeah. No, you said that right. Okay. And I think that's beautiful. Eventually, you meet this woman. Through, was it right after he prayed? Or no, it, it was okay. like after he was about to commit suicide, he saw the smoke that's signal. Right. Finds this talking woman. Talking to the balls. Is not, like... Your, I mean, she's the actress that, like, she's not like hideous, but she's just like a very average-looking person, right? You know, like she's not the beauty that you expect to be in TV and movies. Like they picked a very plain-looking person that he's like, just what the heck, <laughs> you know? Because <laughs> he's like, this wasn't what I expected. And so you have this whole thing of they have to repopulate the earth, right? This Adam and Eve sort of story, and and he's just a jerk because he doesn't want to be with her he's like all right well like we'll do this to repopulate the earth she's like well, we have to be married first and he's like why do we have to be married <laughs> like this is like he's just not about any of it and she is like at times a very annoying character well i have a question is she going off of the mm-hmm. beginning we're talking about like how he started stealing van gogh and all this stuff mm-hmm. he's last man on earth he's he like moral went out the window she's a very moral character okay because um, she already said like we have to be married and he's like yeah, so, so she went to Catholic school, she mentions in one of the later episodes. Okay. Um, she can be a little bit, like, weird and annoying at first, because she's like, 
let's talk with the stop signs and let's like you know like doing things that like don't make sense yeah. when he pulls into a handicap parking and she's like we can't park here it's handicap parking he's like you know what i'm gonna get a closer spot and he just drives through the doors of the hardware store and she's like really upset and he's like everywhere is a parking space now everyone's dead and she's like okay so everyone's dead so what are we just gonna you just gonna go burn down a church now Right. And he's like, no. And she's like, why not? He's like, because it's a church. And she's like, and that's a parking spot, and that's a stop sign, <laughs> you know? Which is, like, kind of dumb because those are not the same thing. But it's a yeah. sense of, like, do you just throw out all your morality because there's no one left? This goes back to me and Clint did a podcast on Sword mm-hmm. Art Online. Mm-hmm. And, like, in that, he's like, you can't go against your morals even in this game because it actually still destroys your soul and yeah. changes who you are outside the game. Yeah. And this is still real life for them like they're not mm-hmm. like an altered world or anything but just because no one's around like on the off chance he starts breaking all the rules because no one's around and then you know it turns into like an i am legend story where there's mm-hmm. actually a whole world now and he has to come back he's got to like relearn rules mm-hmm. and he's like are, he's pretty much destroyed what he's known as yeah. humanity to himself yeah by breaking these rules yeah, and you actually kind of see that playing off because she so she's ends up being this like she ends up being this really sweet person so she's like look i'll take care of the wedding all you have to do is get the rings and she like has this wedding dress and i mean she decked out the church and then her like house for like the reception like she put a ton a ton a ton of work into like, a this reception wedding. like this reception yeah. this wedding and That's everything awesome. um but you don't see this and he shows up and he like doesn't have the rings and she was like you had one job and this happens every episode where he does something horrible and just shows he's like innately just super selfish and like just a bad person in just a lot of doesn't ways. care yeah yeah he's just caught in his own his own selfishness and then he just realizes that he's just a jerk and so he makes amends so he marries her and then the next episode he meets like a really pretty woman who was actually there before carol <laughs> Um, and so he keeps doing things and he does these things that actually bite himself in the butt because his own stupidity and own selfishness but he always tries to make amends and I think that for me that really shows like our journeys in our faith right to where we're constantly falling and doing the same dumb sins over and over Um, we're constantly falling we're constantly sinning but we keep coming back we keep repenting and actually in the last episode I saw he like has this really beautiful moment where he like repents and then like lets somebody in and he mentions he's like look i haven't talked to someone in two years like i talked to like tennis balls and basketballs right for two years he's like i I, like i just don't know how to talk to people sometimes like i don't know how to get back right which already is a parallel to yeah the rules Mm -hmm. and or more moral code yeah of like if he he's breaking I mean, I don't know if I would stop a stop signs, but he's like breaking his rules and like his, his moral code's changing. And like I said, if he had to stump someone one day, eventually stand by it again, just like not talking to someone for two years and then trying to talk again, he's, he's got to relearn this. Yeah. So he does these things with Carol, like he starts breaking stuff. And so she starts doing fun things with them. And actually they start to like see what looks like falling in love. Um, and then he runs a red light, a stop sign, and he just like hits a car because there's another person and then his truck like blows up and so it's actually this funny thing of like i don't know if i'd stop at the stop signs too but there's actually another person they crash that was looking for 
because he put alive in Tucson signs everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, so people are coming to Tucson when they find these signs. So he meets this this person, Melissa, and he just wants to be with Melissa because she's prettier, essentially. And he just realizes that he's a jerk. But anyway, he has this moment where he lets Melissa in because he's just been acting like such an idiot, especially with her. And then he tells her the truth. He's like, look, like I've been, I think I'm falling in love with you. Like Melissa? Yeah, because, you know, he married Carol. Right. Because he thought they were last two, but like Melissa's like, look, like you need to be committed to that. You know what I mean? And like, there's just like a lot of that playing off. But it's just like this moment where he likes me. He's like, is there any way you'd ever feel that way about me? And she says, no. Okay. And then he like, he's like, that's what I was gonna tell Carol. Do you think it's good? Do you think she'll like it? Because he doesn't like, he's afraid to let people in. And I think that that's my another thing I want to ask you is, what's the importance of vulnerability? Vulnerability, like, like, is it possible to be authentically human? and authentically love without no. being vulnerable, oh, right? I can't say no, but because people have gone that way, but uh, I'm actually listening to... What's why I say authentically? Like, we can, right. we can cheat ourselves out of... Yeah, so I've been listening to The Bright Sessions, which is a storytelling podcast. Okay. And it's this. it follows this psychiatrist named Dr. Bright, and it's all through, like, her therapy tapes is how you get it. And, like, phone calls and stuff, but you get it, like, secondhand, like, you're part of the phone call type thing. Um, and all her patients are atypical, so they have, like, super supernatural powers, you quickly find out. And one of the episodes I listened to recently, because I'm only, like, halfway through the whole thing now, one of her atypicals who can hear someone's thoughts while she was on the bus heard this homeless guy's thoughts and found out that, like, he used to be in the war, so he suffers from PTSD and, like, has these beautiful pictures in his head, and he's a painter, but has like shaky hands and no money, so it can't be famous for it. So she's like helping him get back on his feet by taking him like art therapy and all this stuff, and eventually talks him into going to see Dr. Bright for a therapy session. And he's slowly like talking about things, and, she, and Dr. Bright finally starts asking about the war. And he's like, I don't want to talk about that. And she's like, Why not? And he's like, Because it's bad enough for me. Like, you don't know what you're about to hear. You don't need to carry that burden. Like, I'm not going to burden you with this stuff. And she's like, if you don't let, like, anybody else carry this, your load is never going to get lighter. And there's never going to be room for healing. So I think that's the importance of opening up. And vulnerability is, like, this idea. I think for a lot of people who have struggled with that, because it's out of the good of the other. We're like, I don't want to, like, burden somebody with my problems. Or I don't want to, like, there's people out there with worse problems. That's the big lie, right? Is that like, my problems are my problems, but there's like people starving or there's this, like it's that is, it's way worse. Yeah. And so why should I like talk about it? And it's because the same reason, it's it's because it's the same reason Jesus died on the cross for us because he, he wants to carry those. And we when we become vulnerable, we allow other people, like I said earlier, being other Christs for us, carry that burden with us and our load becomes lighter. And if um, it's almost like when you you know you've done the devotion to Mary. She she promises to like take our burdens and break them up into small little crosses, so they're all like lighter. Mm-hmm. Um, and vulnerability allows that for us. And then once we have a lighter load, there's now like this weight is lifted, and we mm-hmm. have room for healing. Right. And I think a lot of it too is this um, fear of being hurt again. I think a lot of people oh, have. Oh yeah. Like this idea of letting someone in, especially if they've been hurt. It's like trust. To trust. Mm-hmm. Um, Love necessitates vulnerability. Like, if you don't allow yourself to be vulnerable, then authentic love can't happen. Right. 
people aren't able to love you and you're not able to authentically be able to love others. And there's there's a sense of guarding your heart, but guarding your heart and not letting yourself be vulnerable, two very different things. Yeah. Guarding your heart is protecting yourself from putting your stock in something that's not of God. Like saying that man or that woman is the end and that's where my heart's going to be fulfilled, but it's not God. Right? right. That's guarding your heart. Right. But it does not necessitate. It's very different than than vulnerability. Mm-hmm. You know, vulnerability is being real. And really, I mean, humility is being vulnerable before the Lord and recognizing who you are before him. Correct. And if you want to talk about it, love is so vulnerable. Okay, side tangent. Yeah, let's do it. Um, for much of Christ's life, he was hidden away. He was hidden away in the womb. We know almost nothing except for a few stories about his childhood before he was 33. Yep. He was mostly hidden away in mm-hmm. Nazareth. And then he was hidden away for much of his ministry, right? He would retreat. He would hide away. He would go onto the boat. He would retreat from these masses. But when the defining act of love of all of human history in the Passion, he was stripped naked and was bare in the most vulnerable way possible. Right. And there's no clearer way that God could say you need to be vulnerable to know love. I read this book uh, that I mentioned on the, I've mentioned on the podcast um, and I've talked about it a little bit. It's called Adam, God, God's Beloved. Hmm. I already forget who it's by. It's by a priest. Uh, Nowen, Father Nowen. Great book. But it goes over this man named Adam who mm-hmm. is like wheelchair bound, can't speak, can't like, he, like he's not a vegetable, but practically. And Father Nowen takes care of him. And at first he hates it. And the way the book's written is like, Adam's hidden life. Yeah. Just like Jesus. And then like Adam's public life and then Adam's passion. And he talks about how like Jesus's passion starts once Judas kisses him and like everything that Jesus had was doing beforehand before that he was in control of. Once Judas betrayed him, everything was out of his control and he had to become vulnerable in that moment and allowed to happen. And we all have our own passion that we're going to live. Mm-hmm. But the one thing I was thinking is like with vulnerability, it's just tricky because we think vulnerability is hard because there's, Two, it's like a two-way communication and we have to let people in to communicate with us we have to listen and then we have to also communicate with them and like being vulnerable both ways but Adam couldn't speak couldn't move, couldn't do anything and Nowen had to become vulnerable with accepting not only who Adam was but like accepting his role with Adam mm-hmm. meaning like I still have to talk about my problems and be myself around Adam and as soon as he did that as soon as he was like oh I actually like enjoy helping him go to the bathroom, helping him, helping bathe him, he began to fall, like fall in love, like receive this love and fall in love with Christ deeper through Adam. And that goes with what you said, like once you become vulnerable, then you see this love mm-hmm. that's under, that's been there the whole time. Right. And I think that that is a problem that we really have as a society. I had mentioned this to a friend uh, this past weekend, but as you're listening to this, it was a few weekends ago. Especially here in the United States, I think, we build up these walls. We really try to segregate others from us because of our own hurt, because it's weird, because of whatever, because of all the cultural norms. We try to almost deny a little bit of what makes us human, what we crave, right? Like we crave intimacy so deeply, yet we section ourselves off from it. And we don't allow others to be intimate with us and that's not like an eros thing but like an agape intimacy like this 
touching of the hearts. When I served with the Missionaries of Charity in India, I served these people um, that were very poor, that couldn't even afford educations to be able to speak Hindi, let alone English. Mm -hmm. So they spoke Bengali. There was someone who spoke Hindi, and he was able to get like one every like six or seven words. Yeah. But I had more authentic human interaction with those people that I spoke no language with. Yeah. Than I have ever encountered before or since, probably. It had just floored me that all I did was show up and serve them and love them. And they would speak to me and I would listen. And I would take, I would care for them. And there was this intimacy of opening up and just allowing someone to care for you. Allow me to be able to love them and let them in um, and change me to the core. And that was really, really powerful. There was like this little old man, he would run up every day and he'd grab my hands and he'd say namaste. Which kind of means like I recognize the divine within you. Right. Yeah. And when I went over there, I had fully anticipated trying to seek Christ in the poor. And I ended up being Christ in a lot of ways. Just being able to recognize that I was able to be love for them. Mm -hmm. But like I said, I, it's hard because then you come back and you try to love people with that same level of authenticity. In a lot of ways, it just feels cheap because <laughs> um, we build up these walls and we, like, we don't want people to go in. Yeah, That's why I've never been afraid of letting people in. Yeah. Because I think it does a disservice to ourselves and a disservice to others and a disservice to God. Well, I think two other very important things with like what we're talking about and it kind of goes into what we've kind of already touched on with the show you know with the example of it's like hey i don't know how to interact with it's been two years and then mm -hmm. we talked about it kind of last week with solo and like what is our kind of current cultural exodus mm -hmm. i think almost the walls at this point we do build our own walls we can't help it like it, it, we build walls but i think also society is almost building our walls for us mm -hmm. and in the sense of like kids some even kids our age and adults because of technology yeah don't know how to like communicate like like that and so like the walls of like allowing to allowing someone in when you're face to face with them it might be easy over instagram but like face to face having an intimate conversation it's hard and so it's like this character who's having to relearn how to talk we're not saying vulnerability is something you need to do and just start tomorrow but the vulnerability is important in order to find the divine love of God so practice it it's a practice mm -hmm. and it takes just trying everything in our faith we learned from St. Therese is just trying trying and it's practice and that's and that's true in terms of when I went over there they started me like applying lotion yeah to these old men which yeah. I was like this is super uncomfortable but that was more comfortable than bathing people mm -hmm. and more comfortable than working in the physical therapy room mm -hmm. you know and it just, it was a slow progression of, as I allowed myself to be opened to new and uncomfortable experiences and allowing myself to be vulnerable and recognizing that they were being vulnerable, we were able to just grow deeper and deeper. And so, yeah, so basically you get to this show and I think that it's important to recognize that Phil is constantly struggling and failing and struggling and failing. And he innately gets selfish, right? And I think that's a, that's a root of a lot of these problems too, right? Is we, we focus so much on self. 
Um, I had read an article years ago. It was about dating in the modern world and how you look at the, oh, well, this person, like, I don't like this about them. I don't like that about them or whatever it was, right? Maybe they don't have, like, the perfect body or, like, the, I don't like their nose or whatever it is, right? Like, you find these silly, or, I, you know, they have this weird laugh that I don't like. Um, oh, they have this quirk. I'm not into it, right? Right. And this guy really challenged that. Because he basically got to the point where he was like, look, you get to the point where we wonder why we're alone, why we can't find somebody. Like, mm-hmm. especially, like, people in their 30s, right? That's who he was writing to. But, like, we, we want to be married. We want to have kids. But, like, we can't seem to find that right person. Right. And he points out, he's like, and yet we meet these people and we come up with all these reasons. He's not saying, like, lower your standards and just date whomever because whatever. But he's like, you need to stop focusing on what others can do for you or what they provide to the relationship or what they do for you or provide to you and shift your focus on what you can do for them or how you, like, instead of focusing on essentially what these other people are able to do for the relationship, you need to focus on what you can do and you need to work focus on what love you can bring and you need to focus on how you can love that person. Because it's a very different statement. Instead of being turned inward and innately selfish and the complete opposite of the gospel and the complete opposite of God, because God is this outpouring of love. And when we're turned inward, we're quite literally the opposite. We're a black hole of emotion. And once you shift that to being outward love, once you shift from your selfishness of, well, I want X, Y, and Z to I can provide X, Y, and Z moving forth in life to love others that's when you'll these sorts of things and learn that love is is beyond checklist and it's about people and it's about intimacy and it's about vulnerability i don't know if you had something else but that almost sounds like a challenge like a challenge yeah and that's what i was just about to wrap up on is my challenge for you guys is to look where in your life you are turned inward what is it in your relationships and what relationships are they that you're innately inward on and i want you to really pray about it Mm. and really focus and make the effort to shift that outward how can you stop worrying about protecting yourself and start worrying about how you can love your neighbor yeah be more vulnerable and be more vulnerable so those are my challenge for you guys um quick shout outs i want to give a shout out to my roommate ethan he's in the other room uh, you guys might have heard him. What up? That's that's my roommate Ethan. He's a good guy. He's like the bee's knees or whatever he told us to say about him. And he's a cool dude. Yeah. Um, want to give a shout out to Sam again, just because she gave us the idea or gave me the idea to watch, watch this the show. show. Yeah, thank you. Um, shout out to Lizzie, whose birthday was last week. Two weeks ago at this point. Two weeks ago at this point. But last week, now that we're recording. This week, now that we're recording. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. Actually, yesterday. Oh, wow. Yesterday, as far as we're As we were recording this, so Tuesday the 5th. Yeah. And so thank you guys for joining us. Thank you for joining us again on the adventure. Please email us, text us, call us, Facebook us. All the stuff. Let us know what you're listening to, what media you're taking, what you'd like us to do a podcast on. Check out our YouTube channel, which is something or another. It's it's The Christ in Culture. The Christ in Culture, yeah, check us out. And thank you guys again for joining us on the adventure. Thank you guys so much every week.